Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of earnest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you. Ephesians 3.12 In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Praise the Lord. It's very clear in scripture that there is a reason why we have been saved. First of all, our salvation is a privilege. Jesus speaking to the people, he said, no one can come to the Father, or no one can come to me except the Father brings him. That is to say that not everyone has had the privilege of divine invitation, if you like, selection, or no one has seen the opportunity of the invitation Christ has given to all humanity. No, not everybody has been able to grab it. So there are some people who have not seen the light we have seen. So it's a great blessing that you and I have seen the light. It's a privilege. We did not earn it. It was given to us. That's why salvation is a gift from God. So something that's a privilege, you have to revere it. Because if you were left alone, you will never be able to attain it. The Bible making reference to this, it says that our righteousness is like a filthy rag before the Lord. That is to say that without the death of Christ, there is nothing we could do right to attain to that level of righteousness, which eventually is a definition of our redemption. So the death of Christ paid the price for us to be seen in the right light supernaturally or eternally with God. And that's the privilege that you and I must begin to enjoy and begin to revere. So salvation is a gift. Tell somebody it's a gift. And tell somebody that gift belongs to everyone. In John chapter 3, the Bible talks about how Jesus died for the whole world. It says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God loves the world, loves everybody, and he's given this gift. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever, 
And the challenge is that not everyone who belongs to whosoever has been able to see what you and I have been privileged to see. And uh, it is not because they have been designed to die or to be consumed in hell. It's just because some people have not been reached the way we were reached and we have been reached. If you are here, say I'm here. And so we have been blessed that we have been reached through television, radio, other people witnessing to us one-on-one and being aggressive with their witness. Because some of you quite remember how stubborn you were going to church the first time. It was a bulldozer moving a caterpillar. Okay, but it took the resilience of somebody. I think Mr. Mensah has a testimony. For many people, they have not had that opportunity of somebody being aggressive, showing the spirit of Anakazo, you know, showing the compelling force of winning a soul at all cost. For many people, they would have been won if the at all cost factor was adhered to. But because most of the time, witnesses or missionaries or evangelists or people who evangelize are quite casual with the process of evangelism, it leaves a lot of room for people who are meant to come to Christ to dribble their way into hell. But I'm praying that this month will catch the spirit of aggressive evangelism. So we have the world out there to evangelize. And then we also have the family of God, which is the church. So when we read in Ephesians chapter 3, it says that for this cause, verse 14, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So there is a family in heaven and there is a family here on earth. And I believe strongly that the family in heaven has to do with the people who have accepted Christ here, whose names are in God's record. That's God's family. Praise the Lord. And they are a family there because the family is also here. So if you look at me like this, my name is in the register up there. If God carries me now, rapture comes, you know, be very careful. Apollo was giving a joke that he doesn't like hanging around his pastor. Because the Bible said, two will be walking and one will be taken away. So if he hangs around his pastor, you can imagine when the rapture comes, it's likely that the pastor will be taken away and he will be here. So he likes to hang around his boys, you know, hanging around sinners, preaching to them, so that in case he's preaching to a sinner, he's around sinners, when the rapture comes, he'll be the one to be considered. Because if God is doing comparative analysis, it looks like the one who is more righteous is the one who will go. Tell somebody, it's time to be hanging around people who don't know the Lord. So that you give yourself a better chance. In case the rapture comes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Some people like to hang around precious places, glorious places. I'm around the pastor. Pastor is my body and all of that. It's time to move into the, into the creep, move into the ghettos, 
into the street and the corners. Praise the Lord. But the point I'm making here is that God has a family. Tell somebody God has a family. So those of us who have accepted Christ here, we are the family of God on earth and we are represented in heaven because there is a record before God. Now, the reason why we are not dead immediately we receive Christ is because there is work here to do for God. And God's family must grow. God's family must what? Jesus said, I am the bridegroom of the church. And the church is my bride. It's my wife. So there is a marriage. When there is a marriage, there is family. And we are the offspring. Praise the Lord. Of Christ. We are the seed of Christ. From this marriage. Between God and the church. So God's family must operate in a certain way. We are named after God. Every family has important tenets. Upon which it is built on. A family is built on. Respect, honor, care, welfare, praise the Lord. Many things. But one of the things that makes the kingdom of God to grow or the family of God to grow is called interaction. Everybody say interaction. Say communication. Say I'm for interaction. I'm for communication. I'm for connection. Yeah. And they feed into one another. When a child is born... In the labor world, if the mother is stable, one of the first things they do is to give the child to the mother. So that the mother will put the child at her breast or on her breast. It is the first bonding the child has with the mother that is developed over time so that the child is able to stick with the mother and grow with the mother. So you will see that even from day one, the child seems to know the mom. And mostly it comes from the smell the child has from being bonded with the mom from day one. Is somebody here? So if a woman even does CS, even while she's in pain, they still bring the child to her. And there's a way that having to see your child, especially if it's your first child, or you have all girls and you give birth to boy. You can't remember the pain. You so want the child to leave that you forget that you are in pain. And I think women are special. Clap for women here. I was watching a, a film recently. Pastor watches films sometimes. I was watching a film recently done by Gabriel Union. And uh, some robbers entered into her house and uh, wanted, to, wanted some money. The leader of the robbers, the mother ran out. Yeah, because she was actually out when the robbers entered. And she was locked out. So she went into the bush. And uh, they now needed the woman to give them where the safe was and where the money was. And the leader of the robbers made a statement and it caught my attention. They said, because they were dangerous, they said the mother is not coming. And the leader of the robbers said, mothers never run. 
Mothers never what? Run. And oh boy, she came for them. She came for their heads. If you are a mother and it's easy for you to run away from your children, you are mad. You are what? You are not a human being. You are not a mother. You are just a baby making machine. And there are a lot of baby making machines like that. Mothers never run. They will come back. Praise the Lord. So there are verbal interactions, physical interactions, and there are nonverbal, nonphysical interactions. Same with communication, same with connection. As we are here, we are connecting at different levels. Praise the Lord. We are connecting at different levels, spirit level, soulish level, physical level. And all of them have God. They are blessings in a family like this. So this very first teaching, I want to talk about interactions in the church. And how it results in church growth. Because we cannot be talking about church growth when our first point of call is the world out there. Because Christ saved a few people, built them up, and then sent them out there to go and save the world. So when we don't know how to retain our harvest, that we have received or the harvest that has come to us, we can't even bring in more harvest. And so a church grows when we are able to retain our own. If we are a family, we must be connecting at different levels. We must be interacting. There must be connections. In-house connections. Praise the Lord. I'm enjoying this thing already. It's powerful. Are you enjoying it? It's powerful. So with that interactions, the church will not grow. If you come to church and you say, why are the numbers like this? Why are this and that and that and that and that and that? One of the key things why a church reduces in number over time is because there are not deliberate interactions. An interaction or relationship with people must be deliberate. It must be what? It is for a purpose. Every relationship is for a purpose. Every interaction is for a purpose. In marriage, the sexual interaction is for basically two things. One, for procreation. Two, for pleasure. That's how God made it. Praise the Lord. Am I talking to somebody? So, if it is done by a prostitute... There is also a purpose. The purpose is for power and for cash. Yeah, if you sleep with a prostitute, it's trying to take control over your life. And if she gives you some unusual scale, you'll come back again. And mostly it is not even the scale. It's, there is a demonic snake by the waist. That would be doing some things in your body that will make you come back again. We call it a yoke. It will be knowing you once you are there or you want to rise up and go again. Because a demon has entered you. 
And then when she says bring the money, no, you can't even say no. It's for a purpose. Every relationship is for a purpose. Some people relate with opportunistic tendencies in heart. They want to prey on you by their relationship. That's why sometimes a relationship can be lopsided. But a relationship to be should be two-sided. It, it shouldn't be a mono kind of connection. It should be something that is from that end and from this end. It should be mutual. Consensual. We should be in that realm where it is this. But when it comes to... But okay, let me make the point that for church interactions and relationships, it has to be with a positive agenda. And the agenda is a kingdom agenda. It has nothing to do with your person, your personality, your personal agenda. Your, in, in church interactions, your agenda must be God's agenda. Praise the Lord. When the kingdom agenda is your agenda, you relate to bring growth to the church. It is so sad that you are in this church and new people keep coming in and they don't know you and you don't know them. The church will not grow. I'm telling you, you don't pray a church into growth. There are pastors praying for churches to grow. It doesn't grow that way. You can pray. You'll still be where you are. Churches grow when men go to work. Men at work. Bring growth. Praise the Lord. As for the prayer, it's our default duty. This morning, I woke up at dawn to pray. But people will not come to church because I just prayed. People will come to, the yoke will be broken. Whatever is trying to tie them down will be broken. But somebody must go and carry them to church. An interaction. Praise the Lord. Ooh, Mr. Benson, who did you bring to church? Is this young man? Sir, please stand. Talk to me, brother. Hallelujah. For this brother, I told him we are going to uh, some place to catch somebody. If I have not done it, he won't come. <laughs> <laughs> so, when I got to him this morning, I told him, you know, we are late. So, we cannot meet the person. So, we are rather coming to church. But who go crook, we are coming. He said, no problem. <laughs> You already arrested him. So you could direct. Clap for this wise man. Friendship yield more growth in soul winning than prayer. And in the church, friendships, I'll talk about what we call, Bishop Dow calls it church cement. It's called what? Cement. If you are a child of God here, pray for God's kingdom. Pray for church. But your prayers are useless if you are not interacting with people. You are in the church and for whatever reason, maybe you don't know. I want to assume that we don't know. Not because you are egotistical. Not because you are full of yourself or you are special or your class. I, I want to know that. I want to think that that's not the case. So let me just think that we are learning afresh. That God expects his kingdom to grow in your hand. 
We should come to that point where we have put on canopies at the car park. The simple key that will make that happen is called what? Interaction. It's called what? Yeah. In every church, four times the number of that church is staying at home and they are never coming to church. Yes, in every church. If you like, just every church should just take a casual look, not even a deep one, on their data of the people who have passed through the church who have ticked that I want to be a member. Count their current membership vis-a-vis -vis, and just oppose it with the people who said, I want to be a member, came maybe three times and are no longer coming. You will see that a quadruple of your numbers are away not coming to church. And in their mind, I am a keeper's house member. But they never come in their mind. You ask them, what church do you attend? Keeper's house. If they have a problem, who is your pastor? Pastor Francis. But they never show up. Because what makes people show up is not a prayer. What makes people show up is an interaction. So why are we talking about interaction? Number one, interaction is important because Jesus interacted. In this church, I've told you that Jesus' pattern is our practice. Anything and everything we have to do in ministry, we have to do it because Jesus did it. Interaction is important because Jesus interacted. Tell somebody, even Jesus, he interacted. In Mark chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, the Bible said, now Mark 1, 16 and 17, now as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. He saw Simon and Andrew, fishermen. And Jesus was a carpenter. Was a savior walking on the earth. Carpenter saw fishermen. He has no business with fishing. But because he had a kingdom agenda, he said, okay, I'm an MD. I'm a big man. I've seen some small men. They are not in my league. They are not in my line. But because I have a ministry, I need to bridge the gap. Let me interact with these fisher folks. Praise the Lord. I don't understand how to cast net, how to weave net. I don't understand how to pull net and catch fish. But because I have a kingdom agenda, let me interact with them. Interaction is important because Jesus interacted. And the Bible is saying that by the interaction he had with them, he was able to recruit them to follow him so that he could make them become committed members of his philosophy, of his vision. Without interaction, it is difficult to recruit people. Difficult for people to stay in the church. Praise the Lord. It's by interaction. So you now, you now, if I interacted, and Jesus, you see, what is in the mind of Jesus is what we must know. If I can get to interact with these people, they will follow me and I will make them. Praise the Lord. So number one, unbelievers don't follow you to church if there is no interaction. Baby police, we are going to arrest somebody this morning. He likes it. And by that, He's followed the man to this place. He was going to arrest somebody, but he has been arrested. It's powerful. Interaction. It's a sin against the kingdom agenda when you are in a church 
and you don't know people. You don't talk to people. You don't visit people. You don't care about people. You come and go, come and go, come and go. You come and go. It's like, I, I don't want any trouble. Every church I go, they do nya, 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 nya. Listen to me. Look, we are not here on our own. We are not here on our own. We are here for God's purpose. Jesus said, if I can interact with these people, just the one point is okay. If I can interact with these people, I can get them to follow me. And guess what? They left their nets. The bread ruining activity. They left it. And they followed him immediately. The reason why you have been praying for people and it has taken long for them to come is because it doesn't take prayer for people to follow immediately. It takes interaction, connection for people to follow immediately. Praise the Lord. He said, if you, that's number one, following. If you follow me, I will, I'm interacting with you so that you follow me, then I can make you. So first, they follow you to church. When they come to church, the interaction continues from other people. Then this one has come to church, three levels of con commitment, all right? Or kinds of believers. We have the deer, we have the goat, we have the sheep. The deer is always running away. Because deer deals with hunters. And he said it has to run quicker to survive on a daily basis. So somebody comes to church one time. Don't lie to yourself that he's going to come. Even they can come to church for one month, one year. But he's still a deer. He said what? A deer. That's why sometimes you go and visit the person and he's inside and he has told the roommate that tell that one I'm not there. Because a deer likes to run away. But if you, if you keep interacting, you see, when you are trying to win the soul of somebody and they, they feel like people don't love God, people don't like church. So, but when the people don't feel like there is a more superior vision or if, if there is nothing like um, a better reason for you to stay with them. For example, if, you, if they don't have a sense that you have their welfare at heart, but you just want them to go to church, they don't love God. <laughs> they don't know God. What did Jesus say? If you see me, you have seen my father. So people who don't love God, how do they see the love of God? How do they see the father? They see the father by the interactions you have with them because you are the son of God. So if God loves me, it will show on how you treat me. So you came to evangelize me and you can't find me. And when you call, your point is, why didn't you come to church? That's not your first point of call. How are you, brother? Sometimes you talk about everything, you don't even talk about church. So how is work? Charlie, I lost my job. Oh, wow, what happened? Because people need people to talk to. They need people to show that they are burden. Are you here at all? Even the girlfriend wants to leave him. Because he cannot buy pizza again. So when you go, you sit with him and say, okay, so how are we going to, what is your next plan? Is there something you can do in the meantime? Blah, blah, blah. Just brainstorming with them. They feel like, okay, these people know they are different. It's not this thing. It's not only just the church, 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 church. Because when people are coming to church, they think we need their money, their offering. They, they don't want to be in church. Church is even boring unto them out of fashion. 
But they want to know that there are human beings who have heart inside church. But you that is interacting with them, your purpose, your agenda is that I am winning this guy at all costs, including the job he has lost is an opportunity for me. That's why he said, can I have your CV? You, maybe you don't even have anywhere you are taking the CV to. But just asking that, can I have your CV? And you keep checking on how are you doing this morning? Is there something you can do? Blah, blah, blah. Just trying to say interaction. Say, you follow me? You are trying to make the person become something. And that's how fishermen became disciples. Committed, though, glued one, took the ear of a soldier. Because they touched the man he interacted with. There are many people in our church who are not committed to Christ. But they are our members. They are not, if the rapture comes now, and God says five minutes, even some people who, who are qualified to go to heaven, they will be wondering whether they will go to heaven. Because they are not committed to Christ on a daily basis. People who are in church, if we don't want to see them come today, and then defer two meetings, and then come the next three weeks, they need interaction. They need what? We are not able to make people move from the crowd. You see, the crowd is different from the disciples. The disciples are the committed ones. The crowd, they come for bread, and they like to see the miracles. So our job is to convert them from crowd to disciple. That's why the Lord sent, he said, go and make disciples of all nations. It's not to bring crowds. It's to make disciples. Disciples are individuals who have caught the philosophical direction of a person to the point that Jim Jones could kill people because they had become disciples. Disciples become like, in quote, fanatics because they are believers. Believers in a mission, in a direction, in a vision. Praise the Lord. And it comes by interacting. Andrew, Peter, Simon Peter, they become disciples because Jesus interacted with them. The reason why people who are in the church are not grounded in the church is that the level of interaction is low. It's low. I mean, somebody can be sick or somebody can be so depressed for one week and no one, he's been in the church for one year, but no one has accidentally bumped into her on phone or wherever they are. They don't feel like, I mean, why am I even here in the first place? But we need many people to be disciples so that we can go out there and win more souls for the Lord. And if that will happen, we must strengthen our interaction bond in the church. Praise the Lord. So you can't be here. You don't know someone's name. You don't call anybody. You don't care about anybody. You don't forget about all the negativities that come with this thing. That people poke their nose into this. Uh, you see, whilst we are not interacting, people are already poking. They are poking nose. It's normal with human life. I was talking to one lady um, some time ago. She came to see me. I spent hours sitting, counseling her, helping her out with whatever it was. And I said, you need a pastor. What, what is your church? She now told me how she loves this church this particular service, so she goes that one, that one. And you could see that she's a very religious and disciplined person to all those services. I said, no, it doesn't work that way. You need a shepherd. You need what? 
a shepherd. And then later on, I said, so why are you not saying she opened up and told me that? Because she thinks that the charismatic churches, you know, they poke their nose too much into people's matters. I said, sit down. You are taking two hours of my time sitting here working with you. And you say what? You are not in church for three weeks, two weeks, one week. And I should not drive my car to come and see whether you are killing yourself. Do you think I'm here to waste my life? All the churches who allow people to do laissez-faire. Yes, and that's why most people who attend the traditional churches, a lot of them will go to hell. Yeah, because you can attend the traditional church, lead your life. Nobody cares. They just want you to be in an organization. We don't want you to be in an organization. We want to shepherd you to heaven. Yes. If you are sleeping with somebody's husband, one day I will pay you a visit that is unannounced. And when I come, I will see it. I will shut my mouth, but I will be talking about it. Me and you, we will be what? Talking about it. Unofficial conversation. We'll be talking about this thing that you are doing, my sister. <laughs> we have to, you can have your own, but you don't need to have, be mate when you can be driver. We'll be talking about it. Because you can get eight easy. We'll be talking about it. That one is spoken nose. That's salvation for you. You want me to be responsible towards you. You don't want to be responsible towards me. And God. Relationship is not free. Is it free? Okay, me, I'm a pastor. I can do whatever I want. Can I do whatever I want? I come to church and I say, wow. Pew! Why did you slap me? I'm anointed. That's one. I feel like slapping you. It's part of the love. This harsh one. They said they poke nose. But in, they mentioned the traditional churches. In the, you go, you, you come to church, you close, you go. Nobody worries you. When, and then she was talking about her job. You know, she does her own job and it could be busy sometime, blah, blah, blah. I said, when you came to my church, which kind of people did you see there? Did you, he said, eh, corporate people, um, young professionals. Did you see that they are very busy people? I said, did you see anything different from yourself? He said, no. I said, if they can do it, you can do it. But that interaction is what opened her eyes to the fact that she herself lacks responsibility to stay under a shepherd. And that's how she has started making changes and it's going well for her. She made a terrible mistake some years ago and it, it didn't last for even a year. I said, if you had a shepherd, possibly you wouldn't have even gone into that thing in the first place. Are you understanding this thing? So when we are in church, we need interaction. So that is number one. If we can make the non-committed, if we can interact, we can make the non-loyal, non-committed members to become committed. Praise the Lord. Again, interaction, number two. Reasons why interaction is important for every church. Number two. Interaction makes people stay in the church. People may join the church for various reasons. Some came in because of something. Maybe they heard something. They came in believing God for something. They didn't come expecting to stay and all of it. People come in for various reasons. Including people coming to chase girls here or chase boys in church. It's normal because we are all human beings. Why? You don't have feelings. Don't you have feelings? Hey, I'm challenging you this morning that you have feelings. Serious feelings. Yes. Some even come here because their boss is here. And it's likely for them 
to find favor in the sight of their boss, worshiping in the same place with the boss. So when the primary purpose for which the person came to church is not Christ, are you listening? And that product of their fellowship is taken away. As we mean, somebody came to church because the boyfriend is here. And the boyfriend said, if you are not in my church, we can't marry. When that boyfriend breaks up with that person, what will keep the person in the church? So people may join the church for various reasons. However, people stay in the church because of the people they know and the friends they make. And this is what Bishop Dad calls church cement. Church what? A cheat a cheat a is a glue. Church cement. Build a stronger foundation. Now chip blocks in it together. You put one block here, you put one block here, you put the cement in, it holds them together. Praise the Lord. Someone say church cement. The reason people fall apart. You see two blocks. They are falling apart because the cement is not gluing them together. And we are not dorsal. It's not an adhesive. And we are not dorsal. Too much sand. Cement is small. Even if the cement is in a block and it's not much, the, the, the sand is too much, you, the block is not strong. It's porous. It breaks easily. When interaction is not stronger, the bond of fellowship breaks easily. People, look, every day people will be offended. Every day. Jesus said, the offense, it must come. We can't stop it. But one of the ways we can cure it or manage it is by building church cement through interaction. When the boy I was following, you know, when two people are relating in a church, like boy, girl, girlfriend, once the relationship breaks, somebody doesn't want to stay. They want to go. It's like they begin to hear the voices of people talking about them. It's normal. When nobody is talking, they begin to hear, oh, this one that everybody knew, I was going out with this one, and no, now we are no longer going out. It's like people begin to hear voices. So they want to live to maintain their peace. Even though they love the church, they want to go because they can hear whispers. Somebody is looking at them, they see, they hear voices and the person is not even thinking about them. Hey, look at someone say, hey. People do business, two people do business, pastor is not aware, they do their own business, something backfires, they want to leave. But when people have friendships, and you build a family with them. They stay beyond the negativity. Because once they want to go to the So I'm leaving all these friends. It's one of the reasons why people stay even in an abusive relationship. Because it, is, it becomes difficult for them to conceive that. Hey, so after seven years of going out with this guy. You know, I'm leaving him to go and start all over again. No. He will change. <laughs> Even though the guy will not change, you know. He, he just, she just finds a way to convince herself that he will what? Change. It's not easy for people to start all over again. 
when they build their clique, it becomes the cement that holds their life together. And people need people. That's why every church to grow, you must become people-centered. Not only Christ-centered. Christ-centeredness is people-centeredness. Yes, Christ came to die for human beings, not for God, for human beings. And you'll be calling after them. His interaction goes beyond just talking to somebody in church, blah, blah, blah. It goes beyond the church. The unofficial relationship you have with people in a godly way. Let me find out how you are doing. Where do you stay? What do you do? Are you following this at all? You just get to know people unofficially outside the pulpit. In the coming weeks, I'll be talking to you about how to properly relate in the church. But one of the ways is that I try to know the names of people. Why? In the second service, I'll be talking about interaction makes people feel special and important. When, when you are always talking to people, you don't know their name. Hi, sister, sister. Mention the name. Don't do it. Mention the name. If you're a leader, if you're a church worker, you must know the names of people. I know people. I, I try even to know people's maiden names. Hey. This is one of the reasons why I was telling somebody, prophets are not able to pastor. Because prophets don't want to know. They don't want information. All they want is revelation. They want God to reveal your name to them. God is not interested in that. Though. So when I know your name, the thing is that because of that, you are in a certain level. So if you are, say, a prophet, you want to mention the name of somebody plus a prophetic message, it makes the person believe very well. But when I mention Harry's name once, I'm not going to mention his name again that is a prophecy now. Is it a prophecy? So after mentioning his name the very first time, name mentioning is over. There's nothing special about it. Like when I mentioned the lady's name at the all night, when she was going out, I mentioned one native name like that. She almost fell down. Because she knew that. How will you even know that? But after that, am I going to mention it again that God told me? No. Here we are. So, but it's if we're a prophet, you function the more, maybe the less information you have in an atmosphere. And you can really swim in that, that it helps me to be sharp. Because you don't want the information to confuse you in the realm of revelation. So that's why prophets like to stay away from people's personal lives because when they are ministering to you, they want to be very sure in their conscience that it is not information. It's God talking to them that, oh, so, so, and so is happening, blah, 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 blah. But for me, that is pastoring. I'm, I must know your name. <laughs> ah, I must know your name. I don't even want God to tell me. I want to know myself. Yes. So, with that mentality, prophets have always stayed away from the proper way of interacting in the local church, except a few people around them. And you can imagine, assuming Bishop Oedipo is your pastor of a 200,000 membership church. And then you are in the church for three months. And he saw you say, wow. You were just passing. He said, how are you, Emmanuel Akufu? 
Oh. He said, I'm fine, sir. He said, Bishop knows my name. Ooh. Bishop, when you are a national service person and your CEO comes down and mentions you, you are just passing. It's not like he has a job for you. You are passing. I say, hey, how are you, Belinda Fosu? He said, how are you, Belinda? He said, ooh. I'm fine, sir. <laughs> You'll be going, oh, see, you're not it's part of leadership. To be a proper church member, you must deliberately know people's names. To interact, know what they do. Yeah. Hey. It causes the church to grow, it makes people to stay. Because, look, this one will have a problem with this one. He would like to go. But there are other people who are interested in his life. And he has interest in them. So, because of that, he will stay. She will stay. That is the cement. Praise the Lord. Come on now. Praise the Lord. Sometimes you see two blocks held together by a cement. And the other block, the side is broken. But it's still in the, in the connection. Because the cement has... Held it. So even though some part has been damaged, you know, it has not disconnected because of the cement. This one is not fine with me, but I'm still in the relationship because a cement is holding us together. And we relating with people, trying to. Do you understand? There will be widows in the church. We have to visit. We have to. I'm calling. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Are you here at all? People are. Different things are happening. Relate. Interact. I talked to it. That's why we will close church as anointed as you think I am. I'll be standing here. Any, including the people who have been trying to book appointment with my PA and they have not had appointment. They are free to come and shake me here. Without any resistance. And at our number, I can do it easily. Maybe when we get to 100,000, 200,000, it will be too stressful to do. But by that time, you would have risen to that occasion to interact with people that it wouldn't even be necessary for the senior pastor to be unofficially relating with people. Because I need to sit on top of the mountain. Raise my hand so that you'll be winning in the market. Look, if we interact, assuming all of us here, we belong to the first service permanently, I give you not more than three weeks. Everywhere will be packed with overflow. First service, second service people, it will be even dangerous. So don't be there Pray. Look, if you like to pray, pray small and go, go and interact. This one, did you pray him into church? This baby police. Interaction. Praise the Lord. Is the key. Church cement. So when people come to church, they don't have friends. They don't have people who interact with them and all of that. When they go, they don't come again. They don't come again. People normally congregate where they have friends. They have people of interest. That's why people go to the nightclub. Hello. Yeah, they gist. Some people like gisting, not gossiping. Just sitting and talking, you know, and all of that. I come to share fellowship, and then there's somebody I know and all of that. 
how come that there are people who come in and we still stick with our old, I mean, stick with the old people, but can't, let this be a deliberate attempt that I need to talk to this new person. So every Sunday, I make an attempt to talk to not less than five people who are new, strangers. I will be talking about all that. Don't be talking to the, the, the people you know already, you have their numbers, you talk to, talk to new people, strangers, try to entertain people. Praise the Lord. Is God talking to somebody here? Follow our people in the week. Let it be your agenda. Let it be your agenda. If a whole month you have not visited anybody you are trying to use interaction to win or to keep in the church, you are not doing God's work. Jesus said, I must need to go through Samaria. To meet that woman there. From there, he went to another place. You are not doing God's work. If in a month, in a week, you don't have the deliberate agenda of creating the spirit of interaction for connection with somebody that you are not looking at the breast of the person. You are just looking to the, 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 the opportunity that the person will stay in the church in case they are thinking about leaving the church. Because of me, they will stay in the church, not their breast. It's not for you. Interaction makes people stay in the church. Every church needs this. Praise the Lord. Are you blessed this morning? Are you going to interact? You have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.kpshousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244-177-831 or 0204-916-168 or 0277-532-360. Join us on Sundays at 7 a.m. for the first service. 9.30 a.m. for the second service and 11.30 a.m. for the third service. On Wednesdays at 6 p.m. for our midweek and communion service. And on Saturdays at 6.30 a.m. for our morning flavor prayer services. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.